Good morning, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Pinchas in Eretz Yisrael, Tov Shun Pei Beis. We're continuing the Shir in the Kut HaLochas, Yoradeya, Chelek Aleph, Chilchas Yayin Nesach, Halacha Gimel. We're in the middle of paragraph Aleph. We're up to the words, Ki Yef Shalasos Shum Dover Loitzi Mekoyach Lapoel Kim Alidei Mashava Dibur We'll start from there. It's just about in the middle of the paragraph. In my version of the Kutelochas, it's page Kufnun Ches, the right-hand column, about almost a third of the way down the page. We dedicate the learning today, Li'ilu Nishmas, Tuvia Berbisro Yitzchok, Yerachmiel Daniel, Ben Gedalia, and Reza Bas Itamar and also for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Menachem Ben Risha Basha, Yuspendel Basketleia, Sorocho Bas Yuspendel, Avivana Bas Yuspendel, Chavaliba Bas Mirim Zoyra, Soraleia Bas Chavaliba, Shimon Zvulon Ben Soraleia, Avigail Brocha Bas Shiladvoyra, Shiladvoyra Bas Miriam, Yosef Avram Eliezen Yisim Ben Pesia, Jonas Ben Hilda, Leia Bas Leia Reina Bas Aviva Mazel Bas Zahava Rus Alexandra Esther Chaya Bas Luna Patricia Yehuda Ben Soramaya Chaim Ben Rachel Shlomanisim Ben Mazel Avram David Ben Chana Hindachasa Bas Chana Miriam Esther Bas Sorigitel Nisim Ben Rivka Idis Bas Miriam Brindle. Tuvietzvi ben Chayaliza, Eitan Yoel ben Edna, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Yafa bas Dvoira, Dvoira bas Yafa, Nachman ben, ben Yafa, Ruven Chaim ben Chanelka, Nachwan Nassim ben Shengel, Ami ben Chai ben Yehudes Gila, Besirch Sharcho Yisrael. Shem should help that these lists should get shorter. We should be able to have lists of, of weddings and bar mitzvahs and simchas. Mitzvah. Yeah. Now, it's impossible to accomplish anything in this world to take something from thought to action, from potential to actualization. It must go through these three steps, thought, speech, and action. In thought, in theory, every Jew wants to fulfill all the mitzvahs of the Torah, whether they know it or not, whether they appear on the outside to be anti-Semites, Jewish anti-Semites. They have an eshama inside. And then a shama wants to do mitzvahs and mice and toivim. There's a famous Rambam that the, the, where, the, where the Rambam speaks about the fact that there are certain circumstances where chas v'shoam, there's terrible situation between husband and wife, and we force the husband to give a get, to give a divorce. So the question is, how can you force a husband? We know that the, the Gemara, the Torah, makes it perfectly clear that a get must be given with his genuine approval, that he has to want to give it. 
So if the person, if the person is screaming, I don't want to give a get, and we punch him in the face, we kick him in the stomach, we beat the brains out of him, to, and and to, till he says, Roitzaani, okay, I want, I want, I'm willing. The Rambam asks, what, what is that? That's a, that seems to be a joke. And he explains it's not a joke, that really deep down inside, every single Jew wants to do the right thing. The Neshama wants it. Sometimes it's covered up by a lot of blockages and a lot of opposition, very often that we created through our Averas, through all the things we've done wrong. So it seems as if the person really doesn't want, but deep down inside, they do want. And sometimes the only way to get those innermost feelings out is by beating them out. So here, Rav Nosen is telling us, in that place called Machshava, every Jew wants to fulfill all the mitzvahs of the Torah. Why? Because as we explained in the previous year, Moshe Rabbeinu, the soul of Moshe Rabbeinu is cloaked inside of each and every single Jew. Avol, however, when a person is ready to actually perform the mitzvah or the good deed, whatever it is, it must go through a second stage of dibur, of speech. Before it can get to being actualized, before the person actually performs the mitzvah, we know that usually we make a bracha before we do any mitzvah. We say l'shem yichud, those who are zoicha, and or we pray to Hashem, Hashem, please let me be zoicha to fulfill this mitzvah and to do it the right way. Because everything must go through these three stages before it can actually be actualized. As Rabbi Nezal expounds on this in chapter 66 in Likud Imran, based on the Zohar HaKadosh. Now, when this mission that the person wants to accomplish reaches phase two, which is Dibur speech, and we know that Dibur speech generally comes from the side of Gvura, from the left side. Thomas of Rabbeinazal, as Rabbeinazal writes about this in chapter 38, and as it says in Tehillim, your Gvura will speak. And as the Kosik says in Tehillim, my heart is on fire, is hot inside of me. When I'm thinking, when I'm thinking about Hashem, when I'm thinking about mitzvahs, Tivar Eish, a fire burns inside of me, and I speak with my tongue. That fire is expressed in the words that I say. Alkane, so because of the fact that Dibur is associated with Gvura and Eish, all of these things from the left side, Oz Mesoyrin Hashivim Akum, Hanechosim Bohorashabadomim Shavish Sagidim. This arouses, this turns on the 70 nations who are associated with the negativity in the blood that's flowing through the 365 tendons, and they're associated with the left side, as we learned earlier, 
And these 70 nations rise up against the person to prosecute against the person and to block the person from fulfilling whatever mitzvah, whatever holy act the person wants to accomplish. <laughs> Not enough that they want to block the person and prevent the person from performing all the mitzvahs or any holy items. They even want to try to tease the person and convince the person to commit sins. By strengthening the negativity in the blood. And that's where the Yitzhahara and all the evil desires come from inside of a person. The spoiled blood, the damaged blood, the blood in the left side of the heart. Rabbein Azal speaks a lot about this in different places in the Kutumah. Umishom ikar koyach habchiram v'hanisoyon shel And this is where the whole bechira, the whole concept of free choice comes in and, and the person being tested. Whereby the person has to use the good energy inside of themselves, the yetzer toy, the goodwill inside of themselves to overpower the negative forces inside of themselves of this spoiled blood. The spoiled blood, which is the 70 nations. Not only does the person have to try to defeat and eliminate the negativity that's in these in this blood, the last and to perform mitzvois and acts of holiness, the and most definitely, definitely not to satisfy his evil, his sinful urges and desires, and not to commit sins, not only does the person have to do all of that, the person has to overpower that negativity in the blood, those negative forces in the blood, and turn them around completely convert them into positive. To convert all of that fire that's in the blood, the negative fire, the fire of the Sahara, to convert all of that to holiness. What do we mean? It's not enough for a Jew to do a mitzvah. The person has to strive to do the mitzvah with fire, with passion, with tremendous holy hislavus. Where do you get that fire from? You get that fire from the from the Sahara, from the negative aspects in that blood that's flowing through those 365 gidim which the person was to defeat, to defeat the negativity, and convert them into holy fire. This is called performing a mitzvah or serving Hashem for real, properly. 
when the mitzvahs are being done with chiyus, with energy, with fire. There's a pasuk that we're going to say tonight, Friday night in the davening, a pasuk from Tehillim, where the pasuk says, Eish lefanov telech uselahet saviv tzorov. A fire goes before the person and burns and destroys all the enemies in their path, all the enemies, all the obstacles. So that Avodah Hashem requires this fire, this passion. Because a person who performs a mitzvah without this energy, without this life, without this hislavus, this passion in the heart, that's not really doing it right. That's not really, that's not perfection in serving Hashem. But rather, it's like a Pusik in, in the Navi Yeshaya, where the Navi reprimands the Jews and says, you're doing the mitzvahs by rote. You're doing it like, like an automated machine. Get up and up, put on my towel, put on my tefillin, say the shachrita, but it's got no life, it's got no passion. The Iker Shlema Suavoida, who she is Gaber, Vishtabel, Shiasek, Kol Hamitsois, Bachamimos, Vihislavus Halev. Real serving Hashem is where the person is performing all of the mitzvahs with fire, with, with passion. Where does one get that fire from? Do I go to a gas station? Where do I get that from? Rav Nelson says, I'll tell you exactly where you get it from. You get it from overcoming obstacles. Like that. anybody that does exercises, no pain, no gain, no resistance, no muscles, no power. By, by major obstacles rising up against the person that are created by the negative blood inside of the person. The Averois, the Rapsukim in the Torah, where it says, your sins are what created these blockages, these walls between Hashem and you. So it's our sins that create these manias, these obstacles. The who his gaber connectum, and the person rose up and battled these obstacles and succeeded in overcome. Not only did he destroy the obstacles, but he converted them into holiness. To the point where the person performs mitzvahs with joy and happiness, with passion. And this is the true meaning of what the Pasuk says. You should love Hashem with your entire hearts. It could have said in Hebrew, it should have said, with your heart. It doesn't say that. It says, and the Gemara says, serve Hashem with both Yetzers, with your good Yetzer and your bad Yetzer, with your good inclination and your evil inclination. How do, you, how do you serve Hashem with your Yetzahara? Because really serving Hashem properly, requires 
converting the Yetzirah, which is that fire, that passion that, that a person has inside their heart, the passion for sin, the passion for pigama bris, the passion for chocolate and cake, all the taivos of this world, to convert it to holiness. El ha'avodikdusha. I love Hashem. I love the Torah. I love it. I love the tzaddik. The pasuk says, "Nifleisi ahavos choli me'avas noshim." That when Yonason and Dovid Amelech, these two best friends, when they got together for the for the last time, just about because Shaul Amelech, Yonason's father, wanted to murder Dovid Amelech, and Dovid Amelech knew that he had to flee. He had to run for his life. So they said, <coughs> they said, "Nifleisi avos the love that I feel towards you is greater than the love that a man feels towards women. And Rabbi Nezal quotes that passage, defining the love that a person is supposed to have for the tzaddik. The chinas, Hashem, as the passage says, you love Hashem, b'shnei with two, with two yetzers. The kishayaflech when a person succeeds in converting that fire in the blood, the fire for sin, the fire for Tavis Royce, he succeeds in converting it to holiness. That the person's heart is on fire with love for Hashem. When a person accomplishes that, they're taking the left and merging it into the right. The negative side, the left side, the gvurois, are being merged into the chesed, the right side. Chesed is always synonymous with ahav, love. Because really serving Hashem properly is when the person is to love Hashem and do the mitzvahs in that way. This is the concept of love and kindness with both yetzers. Like the Gemara says, then the ahava, the love is with tremendous passion. As the Zohar Kodesh calls it, a fire of love. And then the person is combining, he's merging the left into the right. That's perfection. That's real, authentic Yiddishkeit. As is known. As I'm, as I'm saying these words, I'm reminding myself of the story in Supreme Isis, the eighth story in Supreme Isis, which in a certain way is my favorite because it's the shortest or one of the shortest stories and it has the most commentary on it, the most explanation. The story of the rabbi with Ravu Ben Yoche, the rabbi who had an only child. And it's incredible how, how Rabbi Nassau in two pages can put the whole Yiddishkeit and, and a person's whole life into those two pages where he tells about a rabbi who didn't have children for a long time and finally had a son. So you could imagine the love between the, the father and son. And, and the son grew up, he raised the son and the son is learning and davening, Rabbi Nizal says. He's doing everything right. 
and yet he feels something's missing and he doesn't know what it is. And Rabbeinazal says there, he approaches some young men, some young men, and he tells them what his story. And they tell him, you have to go to this tzaddik. You have to go to this tzaddik and he'll be able to help you. He approaches his father and he tells his father the problem. The father, the rabbi, tells the father the problem. And the father says, this tzaddik, what are you talking about? You know more, you're more learned than him and you come from a better pedigree than him. We have bigger yichus than him. You know who we come from? You know who my grandfather, my great-grandfather, you know who we come from? It would be an insult to you and to our family for you to go to that person. Forget it, forget it. Get this out of your mind completely. Just go back and continue learning and davening. He's a rabbi. Rabbi Nazal calls him a rabbi. So the, the, the son listens and he it says he got married. I'm sorry, we left it out. He's married and he's, and because his father has the financial means, he's able to learn and pray, to just learn and pray, period. No distractions, no struggle to earn a livelihood. What could be better? Goes back to learning and praying. Something's missing. Something's missing. And he doesn't know what it is. Goes back to the friends and they say, go to that tzaddik. Goes back to daddy. Daddy says, ridiculous, absurd. Go back to... This happens several times until the son realizes, forget it, this isn't working. He tells the father, I must go, non-negotiable. The father says, if you must go, then you'll go, but I'm going with you. I'm not gonna let you go alone. And I, we're not gonna go through the whole story. Those of you who have the safer, you can look it over again. Those that remember, those that don't have it, it's worth buying the safer just for this story. And, and Rabbi Nezal tells about obstacles that rose up along the path. The first time they made the trip, <clears throat> they're right. And before they take on the trip, the father says, listen to this. If everything goes smooth, then we know that this is something Hashem wants us to do. If there are obstacles, if there's problems, it'll be a sign from heaven that this is not what I want to do. The rabbi says this. They go and then they're riding and they go over a narrow bridge and the horses slip and knocks the whole wagon into the river. They almost drown, they almost get killed. The father says to the son, this is pretty obvious that Hashem does not want us to make this trip, right? Let's go home, they go home. The son goes back to learning and praying, it's not working. So, says the father, we're going. The father says, okay, but again, we're gonna, we have to test, we have to do a test, Nisayim. If, if we see Hashem testing us, if we see problems, we'll know it's not what Hashem wants. They go and, and they're riding, riding, and suddenly both axles of the wagon break at the same time. Front axle, back axle. The father says to the son, you know how many times we've ridden in this wagon? This never happened before. Clear proof from Hashem that this is not what Hashem wants us to do. They go back home, third time. I, I have to leave something to your imagination. To, to get you to read the story. Obstacle, obstacle, obstacle. In the end, they turn back, the son dies. And the son comes to a father in a dream and says, and he's angry, boiling mad. And the father says, what are you angry about? The son says, go to that tzaddik, you'll find out what I'm angry about. The father falls back, the father says, dreams. Everybody knows dreams are baloney. The dream comes again and again, it's not baloney, it's salami, this is the real deal. And, and the father picks himself up and he travels. 
I'm leaving out still a major part of the story. Don't think I'm telling the whole story. You have to read it. And, and the father finds out that, the, that this was just the Sultan who put all of these obstacles in their past. And the son, in this case, this boy was the Moer Hakotan. And, and it's written that if the Moer Hakotan and the Moer Hagodel get together, if the little light and the big light get together, Mashiach comes. They can bring Mashiach. And that's why the obstacles, the, the Sultan puts so many obstacles to block this particular young man from coming to the tzaddik. The father said, the Sultan said to the father, you can go. If you go, the world isn't going to change. If this young man would have gotten to the tzaddik, it would have been game over. Mashiach would have come. And Rabbi Enzel ends the story on that note. Chaval, the, 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 the father screams, Chaval, Chaval, al-da'avdin v'lamishtakim. Woe is to us for a loss that cannot be found, that cannot be retrieved. And I've heard it said, there are people that say that the, the rabbi here was the Apter Rav, one of the great rabbis who lived during the time of Rabbi Nezal. My Rebbe, Reb Michal once tried to research this, and he was not successful to see if the Abderov had a son that died during his lifetime, number one, and to, to see if this was the connection. But the, the, one of the chidushim here is that my Rebbe, Reb Michal said that it's not Rabbein style to end the story on such a note. The son dies, the father goes and all is lost. Have a nice life. Have a good life. He said that we could be such a thing occurred. But then came Rav Nosenzal. And Rav Nosenzal had all the obstacles that this young man had, plus a thousand more. And Rav Nosenzal didn't quit. And he didn't listen to his father and his father-in-law, who were giants, tzaddikim, very righteous people. He kept searching for the truth until he found Rabbeinazal. And Rabbeinazal is the Moir Hakoton, he's the moon, and Rabbeinazal is the sun. And they did get together, and they did achieve everything they needed to, so that we believe the Munashlema, that the combination of those two is bringing Moshiach. It is going to bring Moshiach. Why is it taking so long? Because of us. We're the obstacles, obviously. If we'll get out of the way, if we'll do what we're supposed to do, then the, the Moer HaGodla and the Moer HaKotan will be able to, to complete the job. Any questions? If, if it is, you know, whoever, whatever, whoever the Rav was, whether it was the Upper Rav or someone else, is, is that to say that it's a, a process that he went through in order to see that there was more to Yiddishkeit than he thought before? Is it exactly. a critique? One of the commentaries on Sipurim Isis is Rimze Maisius. It's called The Hints Regarding These Stories, which was written by Reb Nachman Chirin, one of the outstanding, the, possibly the greatest Talmud Chacham among the students of Reb Nosenzal. And he writes clearly there. Let me, I'm going to read it because it's important. Every word here is extremely, extremely important. He writes here, that this story is an incredible, wondrous story, an incredible Musar, how the Satan tries to use every trick in the book to block a person from coming close to the true tzaddik. And he adds here, the, the, the main thing is 
והאיקר מהצדק שבוי תולוי כל תקווה ישראל. ספציפיקלי, from the tzaddik upon whom the entire hope of the Jewish people depends on, depends on this tzaddik. And then he goes on to say, and the greater the person is, the more he has something special about him, the more the obstacles that block that person. Because if that person were to come close to the tzaddik, who knows what kind of good would come out of it and what kind of a tikkun for the entire Jewish nation and for all the worlds. Because he says here, we see that this tzaddik, it's not that nobody knew about him. Remember, when this young man approached his friends, they said, go to that tzaddik. So they obviously knew about that tzaddik, but their knowing about that tzaddik didn't shake up the whole world, didn't change the world. If this young man, this son of the rabbi, if he would have come close to the tzaddik, that would have changed the whole world. Number one. And that's why it's important in the story that Rabbi Nezal said, they didn't tell him go to a tzaddik. They didn't say that. They said go to this tzaddik because all tzaddikim are not the same. We, have to, we, we try to make that perfectly clear. And then he goes on to say at one point that we see also that, that, that the tzaddik is not just, there are some people, there are some rabbis and learned people who say, of course, all the sick people have to go to Uman. Uman is a hospital, it's for sick people. I ain't sick, so I don't need a hospital. I need a, a koilel, a shul, a yeshiva, I'm good. <clears throat> In this story, it's made clear again that this young man was not, he, he wasn't, he wasn't a, 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 a Balchuva, he wasn't a he wasn't a non-religious or a weakened religion. He was learning and davening. And still, in order for him to be able to really feel what a person is supposed to feel when doing a mitzvah and learning Torah, he had to go to the tzaddik. I want to read that part also just a moment. Yeah, exactly. He, he says here an additional point that, that we draw from the beginning of the story not only a person who is not praying and far from Hashem definitely has to make every effort to come close to the true tzaddik because the true tzaddik will definitely be able to inspire that person to be able to do a complete tshuva, but rather even a person who is involved in serving Hashem and is learning and praying constantly, always, Tommy, Afal Pikein, despite that, to be able to feel the true sweetness that a person is supposed to feel in serving Hashem, and to be able to serve Hashem with real joy and excitement and happiness, and that the person's serving of Hashem should be perfect, there should be nothing lacking in it, it can only be accomplished by coming close to the true tzaddik, as we see in this story and in many other places in Rabbi Nezal's teachings. Again, I'm giving you some of it for, for, for the full light. Study the story and look at the commentary yourself. But things here are made very clear by giants, these are the giants, these are the real, authentic Mesorah of Breslov. And again, I don't like to 
include myself that much, but when I, when I was 16 years old and I was raised in a religious home and I went to good quality yeshivas, Torah Vadas, I Kloisenberg for kindergarten and Torah Vadas and, and had good religious learned rabbis. And yet when I met Rav Rosenfeld, and I started hearing his shirin, and he wasn't into theatrics, he didn't raise his voice, he didn't, when you hear his, his words, him speaking, it seems like it's monotone and it seems pretty regular. But I, I was to realize that it was extremely irregular, that this person had a passion, had he was to be Makurov to Rabbeinazal, to Breslov, and to the Tzadikim in Breslov at that time. And because of that, he had this fire, this passion. And again, you didn't see it. It didn't, you didn't see his eyes glowing. But if you listened carefully and you watched carefully, you saw that a Breslov Achosid has a passion, has what's being described here, has a, a deep, deep, complete love for Hashem, for Torah and Mitzvahs, and a passion that's that's incredible, that any person who will come close to them will be able to taste that, will be able to get it on their level. So Rabbi, to say that it could have been the after Rav or someone, it's not to knock any big rabbi, it's, it's just to say that even a rabbi on such a level could be in this position where they wouldn't see it. Exactly, exactly because they have their tests, the rabbis have their tests. And, and every person's neshama is different also. There are people that ask, is everyone supposed to be breastless? Are you saying that all the Chabad Hasidim are supposed to leave Chabad and become breastless? The answer is that there's a concept of shorish neshama. Each tzaddik is compared to a tree. I was just learning this earlier this morning, chapter 66 in Likut Imran, which we mentioned earlier where Rabbein Zal refers to the tzaddik as the trunk of a tree, and the students are branches and leaves on the tree. And there are multiple trees. There are many trees. Every tzaddik, every real tzaddik is a tree and that has branches and leaves. And therefore, there are certain students that are drawn to a particular tree. Now, Reb Nachman Shirin made it perfectly clear that not every tzaddik can change the world. There are tzaddikim that can affect 100 people, 1,000 people, 30,000 people. But, and there is a tzaddik upon whom the tikkun of the entire world and all of the worlds are dependent on that tzaddik, that individual tzaddik. There's a pasuk, v'tzaddik yesoi doilam. It doesn't say v'tzaddikim. Every tzaddik is a b'chin of yesoi, but there's a tzaddik who is yesoi doilam. We believe that there is such a thing. And that all tzaddikim are not the same. And each person has to search to find their shorash neshama and to try to come close to the tzaddik that can help them the most, that can, that can benefit them the most. And again, when we study the example that we have, which is Rav Nosenzal, who Rav Nosenzal defined as the best student, we study his life and we study what he did, the search that he made, all the different stages of his search to get to where he got to. And we try to learn from him how to apply it to ourselves. Interesting to note this term that Prognosensal used here, Shalhuvan de Rechimusa, that there should be this fire of love. That's the term that the Zoyar Kodesh and the Arizal use about Friday, Erev Shabbos, 
that when a person is coming out of the six days of the week, going into Shabbos, one of the major preparations for Shabbos Kodesh is a hot shower or a hot bath, bath, Ritzichas Mayim Chamin there of Shabbos. And the Zohar Kodesh says that by us turning on the hot water down here, this doesn't mean burning Yisach It means warm to hot, what a person can handle, you know, reasonably. This opens a faucet in Shomayim and a Shalhuvan de Rechimusa, a fire of love comes down from Hashem. And that fire ensures that the negative forces that are not allowed to enter into Kedusha should be pushed away, should be destroyed. And only though that negativity that can be included in the Kedusha, the Klipas Noiga, we're learning here about converting the Sahara to Kedusha. Only those things that can be converted and brought into Kedusha should be able to be brought in to complete the picture, to complete the Kedusha of Shabbos. And this is what the Pasuk says in Shirashim, Ki Azo I believe in Shirashim, Ki Azo Kamoves Ahava. My love, the love is as powerful as death. I don't get it. What does love have to do with death? Listen to Rav Nosenzal's answer. Sheikr Shleimus Ha'ava, real complete love is Alidei Hayet Sahara. When can a person say that they really love Hashem? When they include the Yetzirah, Shahu Sitra de Moisa, who is called death, the angel of death. When we convert that in Kedusha. I'm sorry, we skipped some lines. I'm sorry. A few lines up. Exactly. Exactly. This is the Pasuk from Shira Shirim that hopefully we're going to say this afternoon, again, Friday afternoon. One of the important preparations for Shabbos is to recite Shira Shirim on Erev Shabbos. <coughs> so there the Pasuk says, the, our love is as powerful as death. Our jealousy is like Sha'oil, like the, the lowest levels of Gehenna, but the, the, the most powerful fire of Gehenna, Rishofeho Rishpeish. Again, speaking about this incredible fire, that our fire, for our love for Hashem should be like this flaming fire, incredible with, with tremendous passion. Where do you take that fire from? You take that fire from the fire inside of yourself, that fire in the blood, the passion in the blood that the Sahara tries to direct towards all the Taivas Royce of this, of, of the materialistic world. And we redirect them towards holiness. This is called loving Hashem with your Yetzirah. And this is why the Pasuk uses this wording, that the love is as powerful as death. What does death have to do with love? When does a person know that they really love Hashem enough? When they were able to take the angel of death, the Yetzirah, inside of us, and bring him into the equation, bring him, convert him, make him a member of the side of Kedusha. 
As Rabbein Azal writes in the second half of Likud Imran, chapter 49, that it's a tremendous benefit to a person when he has the Sahara, when he has the resistance, when he has Meneas, because then he's going to get stronger. Then his punch is going to be a different punch completely. We know that one person punches a person and the person says, ouch. Another person punches a person and you get the hurt, you get the hearse. That person's it's a one-way ticket to the cemetery. What do you mean? He punched and he punched. He did a mitzvah, he put on tefillin, he put on tefillin. His tefillin is a hundred watts and his, his tefillin is a billion watts. She lit candles and she lit candles. Her candles is a hundred watts and the other person's candles is a billion watts. And the way that a person changes that is by coming close to the tzaddik, because the tzaddik is trillions of watts. The tzaddik is the one who has converted his Yetzirah completely, completely to toiv, you know, brought him inside. And the tzaddik has the, the highest level of passion, you know, for, for Hashem and everything. And those that come close to him, he's able to share that with them. Question in the chat, when we're not confronted with this fiery blood. A person isn't passionate about chocolate and about all the, about the wrong things. How do we come to force ourselves to feel passion? We can't usually control our emotions passion, but that doesn't mean that our mitzvahs have to be done, you know, by rote. One can easily control our thoughts. One can more easily control our thoughts than our feelings, which then brings some shleimus and even simcha taravod as well. Isn't it so? Here, the Likut HaLochus equates passion with Shleimus of Avodah, but emotions are rarely under our control while Mashava is. That's what some Sfarim say, and, and our Sfarim say differently, that our thoughts and our emotions are definitely under our control. A person can, a person can turn it on and a person can turn it off. A person, Rabbein Azal says there's a, an expression, fake it till you make it. That sometimes when a person isn't happy, they really are not happy and, and they don't have, they can't think of something to make themselves happy about, then fake it. Jump, jump, stretch it out, smile, force the smart, force it. And sometimes that'll, and not just sometimes, but that can often, that's, that could be lighter fluid. Just like you take a perfect log, a log that you would think would be great. You can barbecue 600 cows on this log. It's got, some, you know, and you try to light a match to it and it doesn't go. It ain't working and, and more and more. And then somebody comes along with this little, <clears throat> little cup of lighter fluid <clears throat> and spills some of it over some newspapers or some little twigs. And then they light it and the fire starts and, and that log burns for 72 hours and everything. So, so there's this lighter fluid. Our sforum, Rabbeinu's sforum, are full of eitzos regarding every regarding simcha. We spoke here that another word for this ava, for this passion, is simcha, and simcha is something that the whole world is lacking today, including Klal Yisrael. And 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 another word for Yiddishkeit, another word for Judaism, is simcha. There's a passage, Pikute Hashem Yishorim Esam The mitzvahs of Hashem bring joy to the heart. So another word for Yiddishkeit, Judaism, is Simcha. 
waiting, and, and there's a pasuk nasata simcha belibi, that the place for simcha is in the heart. Simcha is a cardiac, it starts out as a cardiac thing. There are many psukim that, that, that speak about that. <clears throat> and, and, and from the heart, the pasuk says, libo inoso esraglov. It's got a, the heart has to broadcast that message to all parts of the body, to the brain, and even down to the feet, even down to the toes. So the heart picks up the feet and the person starts dancing. They start jumping and clapping hands the way a real Jewish simcha is supposed to be. So, so here again, our thoughts and emotions, a person who comes close to the tzaddik and learns the sporum of the tzaddik and watches the tzaddik will see, will see and experience all of this and will be able to integrate it. If the, per, if the person wants and tries with sincerity, will be able to integrate it to themselves on, on their level. The, this simcha, the emotions, to see that a tzaddik does get excited. There are person, there are Jews who come to a wedding and they look the same way as, as at the wedding as at the funeral. They were at the funeral in the morning and the wedding in the afternoon and their face didn't change at all. And they think that's religious. They think because a, a religious person is supposed to be serious. We're not like those monkey, the guys that they jump on the trucks and they're, we're not, we, we don't go near that stuff. We're the, we're the opposite of that, the exact opposite. The exact opposite isn't even necessarily right. The, the Torah defines Yiddishkeit, there's, there's a passion, there's Bechol Levav, where's the Levavcha? Where's your Yetzahara? Where's your Yetzahara in your, where's the fire? Where's the fire? And, and this is the, the Sforim, the Sforim of the Tzadikim, and the people of the tzaddikim, the person who learns, reads the story of Rab of Rabbeinazal's life, and Rab all the tzaddikim, all the the true tzaddikim, and and we learn this, we learn about how to deal with our thoughts and emotions. Anyone else, please? Oh, good question. How much of this holy, passionate fire is visible on the outside? The answer is, it depends on many different circumstances. It's written about Rabbeinazal, that Rabbeinazal on the outside didn't show so much simcha, and he once commented about it, that because he comes from the family of David HaMelech, because he's a descendant of David HaMelech, and David HaMelech was on the side of Lev Nishbar, broken heart, that's why they don't necessarily express it so visibly. But a person learns Likutim Aran, <coughs> that's the only Sefer that says Mitzvah Gedoyla Liyos Besimcha Tomid. No other rabbi wrote those words. And again, a person learns the whole Likutim Aran <coughs> and sees that this rabbi is exuding passion simcha for there are different reasons why he had to, why he didn't show it as much on the outside as others. But, and, and here again, my rabbi, Rav Rosenfeld, or my rabbi, Rav Michal, didn't walk around always with a glowing face. There are people who, who cement, they put the paste or uh, crazy glue on their mouth to keep their, their smile open all the time to show everybody that they're smiling. They, they weren't like that always. But if you, if you spend quality time with these people, if you watch them carefully, you saw how, how, how the passion it, not necessarily in making a lot of noise, but coming from their heart. You were able to see, you got a glimpse of their heart. I remember my Rebbe, Reb Michal Dorfman, 
to, to, the, the book that can be written and the book that I hope will be written about him when, when somebody wakes up and does it, it's a shame to read what this person went through in his life from when he was born, born in communist Russia and his father was buried alive and they were so poor that they didn't have, they didn't have um, balatas, they didn't have floor tiles, they had a, a dirt floor in their house. And during the winter, the walls were wet. His mother contracted rheumatism because the, there was no heating, no proper heating for sure. And the walls were wet, dripping wet during the winter time. And his father was buried a lot. The Nazis decided to do something special for his father because his father was a rabbi. So they had him dig a grave and they buried him alive. And then two, three of his four daughters passed away during his lifetime. Three of his four daughters during his lifetime and went to Siberia for six years and seven months and, and more and more and more. And, and this person you saw was, was made, Rabbi Nassau has a story in Sipurimaisis where he speaks about a, a child that was made from Avonim Toivos, from precious stones. I, my, 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 my observation was that Reb Michal didn't have blood in his veins, he had tears in his veins. He was wall-to-wall -wall tears. And there were rare occasions when I saw it, and there were less rare occasions when I heard about it from him, when he spoke about it, and, and I, knew, I knew how real it was. As towards the end of his life, I saw when anything emotional, when anything would come up that, that there was emotion, both by him and by his close friend, Ramosha Burstein, you saw that immediately the tears started flowing to their eyes and, and they slammed on the brakes to hold on to it. They didn't want to cry in front of people, but I saw their eyes swell up with tears. So there was tremendous Lev Nishbor, tremendous Lev Nishbor and tremendous difficulties and tests. And at the same time, there was a Simcha, just a, a tiny little example. We live in Eretz Yisrael and it's summertime now, it's the middle of July, Tammuz, and in the middle of the day, sometimes it gets pretty warm, even here in Yerushalayim, two o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon. And that was usually uh, often a time when I picked up Reb Michal to take him to the yeshiva, to go to different meetings and everything. And he'd come out of his house and he'd get into the car and just walking from his house to the car, feeling the intensity of the sun, you really felt it. And he'd get into the car and say, fine environment was nice and warm outside and and he didn't have to say that but he did have to say that being an authentic jew and a breast lover he wanted to crack a joke for his benefit for my benefit to say something funny and there were other times the gemara speaks about the rabbis who prepared books of jokes 300 books of mili deshtusa that they would include, that they would start a sheer with a joke, something to perk people up and then switch gears to go into serious mode. So it's not like this is a negotiable thing, that there's this branch of Jews, this minority, this fringe group in Klal Yisrael called Hasidim, who are into this thing of joy. But traditional Judaism, or Litvish Judaism, any Judaism you want to call, they don't really go for that, or they're not really part of that. The answer is, they're missing a major part of Yiddishkeit. There's no other way to define it. And if we call them Gedoilim, they could be Gedoilim in certain aspects of Yiddishkeit, but there could be certain other aspects of Yiddishkeit 
where they're simply missing out. They're missing out. And there are some of these gedolim who have realized it during their lifetime. Well, the, the story of the Ravu ben Yachid, this young man realized it, realized something's missing. And, and even though his father was a rabbi, a, a, not a, a real rabbi, he understood that he wasn't going to get it from his father. And he went searching and searching for the right one, just like Rav Nosenzal. Rav Nosenzal writes about his father with the greatest respect. His father was a Talmud Chacham and a Yerei Shamayim and a Balstaka, everything. His, his father-in-law was nuclear. His father-in-law, Rav Nosenzal said that before he met Rav Nosenzal, he couldn't figure out, he couldn't um, figure out what Moshe Rabbeinu had over his father-in-law. Watching his father-in-law observe Yiddishkeit in Torah, he couldn't see in what way Rabbe, what, what way what Moshe Rabbeinu had that his father-in-law didn't in every facet of Yiddishkeit. But Rav Nosenzal writes that after he became a Kurov to Hasidus and after he came to Rabbeinazal, he realized one of the ways that he described it, there's a food in, in, in America and in, 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 obviously they have in Europe also called a knish, a knish. In English, it's spelled K-N-I-S-H. In Yiddish, knish, kufnun, written. And a knish is something that has be- beautiful ingredients in it. It has potatoes, it has fried onions, it has salt, it has pepper, has all, and, and if it's prepared properly, done right, it's, it's one of those wows in, in authentic Jewish food. But, but a knish, if you put it in the refrigerator, you put it in the freezer or in the refrigerator, you take it out real cold and you eat it, you are not gonna get, even though it has all the ingredients, you are not gonna get the, what a knish is really all about. If you warm it up, if you heat it up, a hot, fresh knish, you eat that, you're, you're wondering what they're going to serve in Ganeidin, what how they're going to top this in Ganeidin. And Rav Nosenzal said he came to a realization that that's the difference between the Jews who are performing mitzvahs the way he describes here, with this fire, with this hislavos, versus those people who don't have that, who don't have that. That's, that they could have the same, they put on the talis, they put on the tefillin, they learn Gemara, and and the everything, but if they don't have that, that if it's not hot, if it's not warm, it's lacking. Now I saw the Balshemtov says an incredible, powerful word. The Gemara speaks about uh, giving, bringing children into the world, and the Gemara says that in order to bring a child into the world, a person has to get married, and there has to be a union between husband and wife. But the Gemara says there's another requirement: if the organ if the male organ is chai, the, the wording of the Gemara, if it's chai, ever chai moilid, ever mace enoi moilid. If that part of the body is alive, then it can produce seed that can produce children. If it's not, it can't. And the Balshemto said, this means that when a person's putting up, performing mitzvahs, putting on tefillin, lighting candles on Erev Shabbos, if it's ever chai, if you're doing it with chiyas, if you're doing it because you love, you love doing it, you're, you're not rushing. I have to, I have to light, I have to light candles. I love lighting candles. I want to kiss the candles. This is, this is the love of my life. This is, this is my greatest success. This week is going to be lighting those candles on Arab Shabbos. This is winning the lottery. If a person is zoicha to, to do a mitzvah, then it's ever high. Then it produces. It produces children. And chas v'shom, if it's ever mace, 
it's hard for it to produce. Question, are there, aren't there lots of Litvish Shigadoilim whose avoida is besimcha and passion without this direct hiskashrut tzadikim in a Hasidish way? It's often a personality midas thing, no? The answer is, Rabbein Azal speaks about this, that there are people who are directly attached to tzadikim and there are people who are indirectly, where they don't even know, they don't even know, they don't see that wire that's going under under the ground that's connecting them to the to the tzaddik. They don't even know where that fire, that passion is coming from. So there is such a possibility. But I, I would certainly say that if it's possible for those whom it's possible to come to the tzaddik, to actually come to the tzaddik. To, to learn his forum, to go to his kever, and to come to tzaddikim and watch them live, it's, it's obviously a, a major benefit. It's almost time to light candles. We, we went into overtime a little. Wishing everybody a wonderful Shabbos. And, and now this Shabbos is Shiv Asr Betamuz. We're beginning the three weeks, which are called Bein Hametzorim, it's called, it's a sad time for Klal Yisrael. It says that all those who wanted to persecute Klal Yisrael were able to get at us during this time. That's one interpretation of that process. And the breast level said, all those that will run after the Shechina can, can reach the Shechina during this three-week period. It doesn't say those who will fulfill mitzvahs. It says, run, chasing after when do you chase after something? When you're passionate about it. That's when you write fair, running after it. We should be oyev shalom, v'roidev shalom, oyev esabrios, in the carbonator. We should love peace and run after peace. And pe the Torah is called peace. We should run after the Torah, the tzaddikim, and all of Klal Yisrael. Chase after every Jew to say gachabis to show a, 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 a happy face to people in, in a good way and deserve to see the Gula Shlema, the Amen, Amen, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rev Nassim.